I'm Alex. I'm Val. And today we're going to talk about the episode Amor Fu, or as I just wrote the file name, Amor Four. Hmm. But it's actually Amor Fu. Amor Fu, <laughs> Crazy Love, um, Season 3, Episode 12. That's right. A penultimate. Getting very close to the end of Season 3. Basically the end of Season 3. Basically the end. Um, but this is a great episode. I love, I mean, Sopranos basically created the penultimate episode uh, arc. Yeah. You know? Yeah, the idea of kind of like having the most important action of a season in the penultimate episode and then seeing the kind of like results of that unfold mm-hmm. in your final episode. Mm-hmm. No, it's great. Yeah. Um, how do we want to talk about this one? Today? Well, it's a really it's a really interesting episode and I think there's a lot going on. I mean, upon watching this, I was saying to you, I think last time I watched the show from start to end, the thing that really blew me away was season one. Just mm-hmm. like right away just like how punchy and how tight it was and how all of their ideas are thrown out and they really are like a very clear idea of what the show is going to be and it's done in this very kind of like effective way that's just really really kind of linked to itself in terms of of everything that's going on this time I'm watching I feel like season three is like I'm having kind of a similar impact on myself where I'm just like blown away by the quality of this season yeah Um, and I feel like everything that they develop and introduce in season one is now benefiting from the fact that they've been working on it for a while right. and they're just kind of like in their prime yeah i just feel like it's it's just everything is being done at the highest level and in pine barrens and in this episode in a similar way like i actually feel that this episode for me is just as strong as pine barrens as an episode yeah you know we didn't really touch on that when we talked about pine barrens in our last episode mm-hmm. um but like, it's definitely a standout. Like, it definitely has a standout storyline. It's definitely, like, an incredible episode. So don't get me wrong yeah. on this one at all. Um, but there's so many episodes that stand out to me like yeah. that. It's really, like, if you asked me my top ten, mm. it would be really, really hard for it's me to difficult. do that. Yeah. Um, and, again, I think because different ones speak to you at different times in life and stuff yeah. like that, too. Like, obviously, like, there's a reason why Pine Barrens is so lauded the way or acclaimed yeah. the way it is. Um, but yeah, this episode for me is like the two of them as a pair is really nice it's amazing. in some ways too. And actually they're very interestingly linked because the Italian aria that happens at the end of Pine Barren starts off this episode yeah. at the Brooklyn Museum. Um, and I'm sorry to everybody. So first of all, I'm sorry to all the French people for saying, for accidentally writing that this episode is called Amour 4. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and now I'm sorry to all of our Italian listeners for saying that the aria is called Spozza So... Disprezata. Cool. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. <laughs> but that's the aria that is at the end of Pine Barrens in the scene where we see Polly being very contemplative with the trees kind of passing in the background of the car. And now the aria is being used at the Brooklyn Museum where we have Carmela kind of in a similarly contemplative state looking at a lot of art. And actually, it's interesting because when she's looking at this I'm just going to ruin everything today, but I'm doing my best. The Giuseppe de Ribera, the mystical marriage of St. Catherine, and she starts crying. For me, that's kind of like similar to what Pine Barrens is for Polly. It's like forcing her to confront something Mm. outside of her own world. Oh, that's really interesting. It's like forcing her to confront these more like eternal questions. Yeah, but in some ways, like it is something in her own world. Like it's how she's chosen to deal with these 
larger issues in life. Totally. Right? It's like, completely different. From, um, yeah. And Polly kind of deals with his shit in a little more like whatever, like spiritual or something way. Right. Mm-hmm. Like he has his own ideas and theories about mortality and all these issues as well. So I don't know. It is interesting that like this is a pensive moment for both of them with that soundtrack scoring it. Yeah. And I think maybe, you know, like what they're considering and what is relevant to them is different, but they're both kind of like confronting this almost like mystical mm-hmm. layer or mm-hmm. level mm-hmm. to their exactly. existence yeah, yeah, that yeah. they're being confronted with. I think that's a great point. Um, I love that this episode starts at the Brooklyn Museum. Yeah. Um, first of all, it's a great museum. Yeah. Um, but second of all, it does kind of, I think, give us, um, it kind of sets us up to like think about the art and stuff like that that are in this episode. Yeah. Um, and I mean, we're always looking at, I mean, we like art, but we're always looking out for art in this show because it's often really meaningful. Yeah. And we definitely see some art um, behind the characters definitely. in this episode, like not to mention at the museum where we see lots of different things passing by and I, also the Rodin exhibit is interesting right, that yeah, they start the off Rodin at and actually we'll, we'll yeah. get back to that later but actually that had me thinking of something that you the use of Rodin was even somewhat intentional too. yeah um yeah. yeah unfortunately we don't see it's in like we don't see what Meadow responds to at the museum like we don't see her really except for I guess the woman like the wife of the merchant well, painting, she doesn't right? respond to that. Yeah. It's like she has a negative response. Yeah. She's also kind of looking a lot like a 90s rock chick. Um, so I <laughs> That's don't, cool. <laughs> I don't know what the meaning of that, like an angsty girl rocker. Mm, interesting. Yeah. I guess since her breakup with Jackie. Now she's uh, has a whole new identity. I guess so. But <laughs> yeah, but we don't see her response. We do see Carmela's, right? And we see her get really emotional yeah. about this painting, right? And I love like Meadow's comments about it, right? Because it's the, the mystical marriage of St. Catherine. What's it called? Yeah, the they they make a point. Catherine, yeah. They make a point of, of announcing saying, the which title. Which is rare for which, this show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's this painting of baby Jesus. And I guess... Mary on the on the right and then St. Catherine on the left. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, Meadows' responses are really funny. Like, she's marrying a baby? <laughs> good, good luck. Um, but then, you know, it kind of gets deep into Carmela's, like, you know, relationship yeah. issues when she's like, we all do. And she talks about... This innocent, gorgeous little baby and then yeah. starts to cry. I don't know. Yeah, it's interesting because, like, I, I try to think about it in the context of, like, she's thinking about her marriage to Tony. Yeah. But then I don't, I don't like it. Her marriage to Tony is not a little innocent baby. And I don't think Tony was never an innocent little baby. Yeah. Even when they first got together. There's something, okay. For me, what it makes me think of is like the use of a baby as a representation of innocence. And it's something that she can't go back to. Mm. This is totally just like an interpretation that Mm. I have, but it's something that I feel like, we've seen in movies before too. Like it's actually like kind of a common symbol sometimes. And even psychologically, like I think people do have difficulties seeing children and interpreting like happy children or babies because Mm. it's like a time of your life where you have no responsibilities and Mm. you can't go back to it. It's kind Mm. of like a clean slate. Mm. 
I'm trying to think of a movie like that movie we just saw. It follows. <laughs> There's a funny. That's a fu- funny reference to make. But like that's a movie that's like very heavy right. in symbolism, right? Right, right, right? And actually, they use like water and a lot of the time like kits. Like there's even like statements about it. Like that's just an example because I think it's actually kind of like a basic kind of thing that shows up from time to time of like people being uncomfortable with seeing people in that stage of their life, like a kind of jealousy. Yeah. I, I think too like so I think you're I think that's a great point, um, and I definitely think that's relevant. I think there's another kind of layer of it too, which is I think like Carmela, even though she feels very close to the church and that's something that she like really wants to identify with, like she never had a chance to have this like real innocent relationship with Jesus, right? Like mm-hmm. St. Catherine, I guess, mm. is. I don't know the story behind that story, even right. though I'm Catholic-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, but she never, or was, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> but like she was never able to have that like honest and innocent relationship right. because of who she is married to, right? Yeah. Like, so, and I think we see her kind of acknowledging that in this episode when she's talking with her priest later on this new priest um who you know is telling her she should not divorce at any cost right and she's like wow the the church has changed a lot yeah you know um so she's kind of like yeah i think like mourning her loss of that capacity as well yeah i mean i think it could extend to multiple different domains too but it's like yeah it's just like that innocence is definitely something that it represents. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just would have loved to know, like, Meadows' response to paintings. Totally, yeah. And actually, I mean, sorry, just similarly on that, there's actually, like, talk a lot of, like, babies in this episode. Like, there's even, like, certain other things, like, talking about, like, Irina as a helpless fucking Yeah, I I noted that, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I mean, like, like it's even with I know this like I mean, crying is totally okay, guys. Everyone can cry, but like, there's a lot of crying in this episode, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And different characters kind of like crying for different reasons, which is interesting. We don't typically see that. Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. Um, Okay. What do you have next? What do you think? Um, Oh, just I want. Sorry, one other thing that I wrote down. Sorry. Um, Tony, when, when he's talking with Melfi about, or Melfi's asking him, like, why do you think Gloria likes you, Mm -hmm. right? Maybe we'll talk about, I want to talk about Melfi and Gloria and everyone, but he makes a point to say, like, he's not a crybaby. Right. Right. Yeah. So I was, anyways, I was like, another another thing. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely some scattered references there. Yeah. Um, and actually, yeah. And the, the merchant's wife, like, I was actually thinking about that too, in terms of like what's being commented on and seen in the gallery kind of comes back to reflect certain scenes mm-hmm. and dynamics between people. But the, the conversation between the mob wives about like Hillary Clinton yeah. and, and um, how she spun that shit into gold. Yeah. And she's a role model, for, a role all model for all of us. Yeah. And um, you know, it's, uh, it's really interesting because like here we have, we have Carmela, right? And it's clearly, I think that that's something that hits hard for her. Mm-hmm. That Meadow um, rejects that like, way like, of role life or something. for yeah. a woman of like just being able to attach to power. In yeah. fact, like this is something that kind of comes up again and again. Well, like, yeah, because so Gloria does Gloria. Has this, yep. Well, Gloria has this like very aggressive comment where she's like, well, and I, I wrote it down, but at least your daughter doesn't have to latch on to a man for a success. Yeah. 
right? So she's kind of like attacking her. Mm -hmm. And now that's related to what Carmela saw of mm -hmm. this merchant's wife talking about and then Meadow kind of going against it. Yep. And then later when they're also talking about Hillary Clinton and how she's a role model for them for kind of like taking this bad and turning it into something for herself, it's really interesting. And um, even in terms of like their relationships too like the way that they're talking about how they cope with them yeah like how things have changed from generation from carmela to meadow but how carmela is just like uncomfortable with who she is yeah and the decisions she's made and the life that she leads yeah but she's talking about meadow and she's saying like you know like they're different than we were talking to yeah. you know all of her friends all the like girls, yeah. no sleepless nights no weight loss yeah and that's like a really interesting thing because meadow is like has more agency or something in this but What's also interesting is that I think is happening in this episode is the people who are dumped are going to deal with it really badly. And yes. actually really bad things are about to happen to the two characters, Gloria and Jackie. Right. Exactly. So that was kind of an interesting thing that I saw happening and kind of connected. The connections in this episode are like kind of unreal, actually. Totally. And I think that that's where we've talked about these kind of like these dyads, these kind of coupling of characters or maybe themes that have happened this whole season. But now the way that they play off of each other is just kind of mind-boggling. Yeah. To be able to track all the connections, it's... Well, and it's interesting, too, in light of what Melfi then says later in her in the last session of this episode with Tony. And she says, like, you, like they're talking about Carmela, and he's like, well, maybe I'm restless. Like, maybe I just, I want out. Right. And she says... Maybe she might leave you, but you'll never leave her, mm -hmm. right? And so, again, like, classifying Tony as one of these people who would be, like, the left person or the dumped person, Interesting. right? Interesting. That's, like, yeah. Um, and, like, what his, what the down, whatever, like, the, not the downfall, but, like, the collateral would be from that yeah. for Tony, right? Like, Carmela would be fine, mm -hmm. right? Um interesting to think yeah. about that relationship like who's who yeah no it is i think it is really interesting mm -hmm. um, yeah those things that melfi says at the end i think are really indicative of her being kind of a new character like she's yeah, a different person i, I want to talk about melfi actually yeah yeah because i think that in this episode her body language and the clothing that she's wearing is totally different than what we've had before there's no mixed yeah. messages from the clothing like earlier they've been i think that it's been intentional like she's worn you know, short dresses compared to pant suits or yeah. whatever to reflect the relationship between her and Tony. Yeah. Now it's like fully professional, like full kind of like suit clothing, different kind of like solid colors. Um, no kind of like of those like kind of like beigey colors. Yeah, those yeah. kind of like low, kind of like mellow, mm -hmm. kind of yeah, monotone things. Yeah. But um also like she's just like laying down the law. Like she's just like kind of like claiming all these things about Tony that she's observed that are kind of accurate. Yeah. There's none of this kind of like mixed up problematic relationship that's kind of happened in the past between her questionable relationship to him in terms of like romantic or being mixed up with her reasons for doing this it just seems like she's actually being a full professional right now yeah see that's so interesting and like i definitely see where you're coming from on that mm -hmm. but i in this episode was really questioning mm. her professionalism mm. like like i do often i think yeah. like obviously she's a problematic character in a lot of definitely. ways but i was like shit like would she like now she knows that her two patients are dating like would she still treat them or like is that professional of her to discuss the other person at all in their sessions like i don't know i'd love to ask someone in I mean, the field like yeah. i want to ask 
a psychiatrist and be like, would this be a thing? Because for me, that actually, like, she seems to kind of, like, gain power from it Mm. in some way. And we know, like... Like, we talked a little bit about how, like, was that really a mistake that she, like, double booked them, yeah. right? Like, that there's something in her subconscious, maybe, that's, like, kind of thrives on it. And she does, like, because in this episode, she really does come out, like, way more strongly than yeah. she ever does before. Um, and says some really, I think, like, very true and honest things. But, like, there is something where, like... Or maybe it was just kind of like the straw that broke the camel's back and like she just sees Tony more for who he is now um, because of what he's doing with Gloria. And, and But I love like I love the way she unpacks with them or with Tony rather like why do you like her and why do you think she likes you? Yeah. Um, and I think she's like she's like thriving in this environment where I guess maybe she just has like a good foil or something. I don't know. <laughs> I think there's something too that changed in in employee of the month. Like the totally. power dynamic yeah. is different now. Yeah. So when Melfi has accepted that she would not call on Tony for his services to go to kind of circumvent the law, something changes because she now has power over him. Yeah. There's nothing that she would use him for. Yes. And I think that things change from there. And I think actually Melfi's character as a whole, like her arc is greatly affected by that episode. Yeah. Like she, oh, absolutely. everything is kind of like leading there. Absolutely. And it's, uh, it's kind of a different story after that. So their relationship is different. It is more professional. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. There's some, there's something there though that like, I don't know. There's something there that makes me like and like on paper she's doing all like she's not she's giving tony free therapy because he overpaid the month before so that's really interesting too actually um because that's like closure to that moral conundrum that we found her in in an earlier episode like that's actually exactly kind of what i'm talking about yeah she's again asserting herself as somebody outside of tony's orbit yeah whereas before she was drawn into it and unable to kind of escape but I think she is still, like, she's even kind of more drawn into it now in some ways. Like, now it's like she has these two patients who are, like, she's, like, more, much more intimately involved. Whereas, like, before she met Carmela, that was just, like, a abstraction, yeah. right? Um, like, she knows these two people. Yeah. And we don't see, I mean, we see a, her session with Gloria in two episodes ago. Um, we see her have a session with Gloria. But we don't see her have another session with Gloria again. Yeah. Um, so we don't know what she's talking with Gloria about. Right. Um, but yeah, there, there was something that just like didn't sit right with me with those scenes. But at the same time, like I, I love the things Melfi had to say. Um, and the things Tony had to say about Gloria were also really interesting, right? Like he was at first, he's putting himself out there and saying that he loves her independence that she's not like Irina, who's a baby, yeah. apparently. Um, she does Buddhism stuff. She went to Morocco all by herself. She's like a Spanish princess. And then they have that interaction where he and Melfi are, um, like, I don't know, like Melfi's kind of trying to fill in his blanks, right? Like he says, like, her eyes are dark and she's right. really deep. And Melfi's like, oh, complicated. Yeah. And he's like, no, you said complicated. And then later on, he calls her complicated, right? Mm-hmm. So, again, in that, like, I loved, I mean, I loved the exchange and the acting is incredible. Um, but then at the same time, I was like, oh, I think they're both, like, Melfi, Melfi knows too much about the other person to be neutral, mm. I guess, or something. Anyways. Mm-hmm. But I, 
I did love that interaction. Yeah, totally. Um, and and she, I love when yeah. she says, like, don't you, like, she says it better than me, but, like, is it plausible to you that there are certain types of people who are drawn to fire? Mm. Right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And she's the one who introduces the term amour fou in this. Yeah. Too. Yeah. So, you know, and like, and that's the title of the episode and kind of something that I think is something like rather central to a lot of the relationships mm-hmm. here because like there's more than just Tony and Gloria and, and even, you know, Meadow and Jackie. Like there's Jackie's relation jackie's relationship to ralphie and the mob yep. and even his father yeah and like people are kind of having these like crazy instincts to do all sorts yeah. of things and i think that like that kind of like crazy passionate behavior is something that kind of actually ties together all of these disparate storylines yeah no absolutely um i wanted to talk a little bit about gloria more too yeah, if we can um we can do that we can. that'd be great um <laughs> I think it's interesting, like, how Tony, how she's able to, like, manipulate Tony throughout the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, she really makes him, like, flip and flop from one thing to the other, like, very skillfully. Um, like, she starts out, like, get, like approaching him in the parking lot of the of Melfi's office, yeah. right? And he's he tells her to go fuck herself. Um, but then she's like, well, I'm, I've just had a really bad week. Like, I've had problems with my family. And then Tony's, like, right back on board um they have that really hilarious interaction where they're lying in bed this is not really about her manipulating Mm -hmm. as much but um i love when she and tony are talking and he's like it's okay if you don't want to talk about it right but then she launches into this whole story about her sister and her crackhead husband and and then he out of nowhere mentions like we had a new santa at the at satriot didn't work out and didn't work out right he's like smoke he's like trying to blow weird smoke rings and stuff like that um he asks like what did seamus have to say um (laughs) but Gloria's really good at reading, like, she's actually, like, really good at reading situations, I think, and she's, like, very manipulative, and she knows how to play people really well. Um, like, the look on her face when she realized, like, when they're, when she's mad at him for the Irina, yeah. potential Irina tire slashing. Yeah. Um, when Tony tells her that yeah. he hit it her. Is a, yeah. You see this, like, glimmer on she's her like face. She's, ha- like, content about it. Yeah. Like, she's happy that she got there. I feel like that was yeah. her goal. Well, this is the thing. Like, she's, like, she's pushing, she's able to manipulate him and push him in these, like, really polarized directions, right? Yeah. Like, she can make him be very sympathetic and, like, more like more sympathetic than we see him be at other times, like, mm-hmm. and seem to really care. And then we can see him flip to, like, the complete opposite side with her. So it's really... Um, it's really crazy. Yeah. Um, and then of course, when she like calls him sobbing, crying, mm-hmm. right? Like again, like a baby, but, yeah. um, yeah, basically just saying nonsense, just not even yeah. speaking. Right. Um, and he comes over and then that's when that scene, you know, he comes over to really like, you know, like he was still trying to tell her like it's over. I don't think he like mm-hmm. had any plans to change his mind, but he was coming over to make sure she was okay. Yeah. And then she flips it so that, mm-hmm. you know, then she brings up the stuff. That's when I think she brings up the stuff about how she saw Carmela, mm-hmm. right? Um, or no. Well, no, she says, yeah, she, as yeah. Tony is leaving, yeah. like her she last... She says, her... I'm going to tell your wife. Yeah. yeah or I'm going to call your wife. Um, so, yeah, she's just like, I, 
she's an amazing manipulator. I don't know really yeah. what else to say about it, but um, the thing that actually really blows me away about that yeah. though, that I loved is like in the end when Tony sends Patsy Parisi yeah. in the car, it's really um, an example of Tony actually kind of psychologically understanding her and actually yeah. kind of figuring and knowing her what would out, get to her, and yeah. then using that against her in a way to know that he won't have any problems. Like yeah. sending Philly Parisi, and um, it's interesting that there's actually like trees in the back as they're driving, mm-hmm. similar to what Polly was considering in the last episode of of. Pine Barrens. Similar to another episode we'll see in the future. Yeah. <laughs> but where he says it won't be cinematic, like understanding her need for the drama. Drama. Yeah, and for being kind of at the center of it and for this kind of like larger than life thing. Yeah. And then being able to kind of like weaponize that against her. Yeah. Is interesting. Well, I like how too, like that really, like Tony doesn't like that, right? Like, um, like Tony probably wanted to kill her in that moment until she said, kill me. And he right. kind of like realized that that was what was going on. Yeah. And and again, it's like part of his realization that he's known her all along, right? Like, yeah. Um, There's something really her. interesting actually for me about that scene, like yeah. where Gloria is saying, kill me. I mean, it's so difficult to watch. Yeah. But when Tony is being violent and he pushes her over and he pushes her on the ground, they kind of like, like flips her over. Yeah. There's something kind of like, as violent as it is, just the way that it's portrayed, it's there's like a quasi-sexual thing yeah. kind of about the way that it comes across. Yeah. And I think that it's just indicative of what that relationship is. It's yeah. this weird kind of like sexual violent relationship that is just like bound for disaster. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Well, like he even calls her a dangerous fuck, which is kind of a play on words. Right. But... Right. Um, yeah. That is what it is, right? And Melfi and Melfi questions. Things, yeah. yeah, like Melfi questions that I think pretty deeply, right? Mm-hmm. Like, why are you drawn to these? Da- like, why are you putting your relationship in such danger? Yeah. Right. Um, and more foo. And more foo. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and he and then but then like Tony also really knows what's going on. Like he says to Melfi, she wanted me to kill her. Yeah. Right. Um, he calls her a bottomless black hole yeah um he you know like he's also a manipulator he wasn't really very well able to manipulate her though yeah um just well, until like, the very end until the i guess yeah i don't know if that was like manipulation or maybe yeah but just like, an understanding i guess and yeah yeah, and yeah no exactly yeah, you're right no you're, you're right no, you're it's right. actually you're very right forceful yeah i was thinking too actually it was interesting like when tony said why do you when he was asked, why do you think she's attracted to you? And he states that it's like, well, I'm not a crybaby. I'm not that. Yeah. In the, It was interesting, actually, in the context of, like, now being in 2018 and having all sorts of questions of, like, political correctness and identity in different cultural groups. Mm. The fact that actually what was referenced there was that um, when she was talking about how she was upset with her sister mm-hmm. and her husband, how the thing that set her off that Christmas was the C word. And oh, then yeah. she like flips out. Yeah. Just thinking of like Tony and her existing in those kind of cultural zones yeah. where actually like the political correctness is like they are resenting that. Yeah. They and don't actually, fit yeah. in with that. Yeah. And that's actually expanded on later. There's actually the episode on Christopher Columbus and Italian Americans right. relationship to him. Right. But it's yeah. interesting to think about like that's actually a very important thing to those people to Tony and yeah. to Glory and that brings them together. Yeah. But Tony as a character is this kind of like macho 
conservative as Melvi says, like a traditional man in a lot right. of sense. But he's coming from a different time and his values incorporate those things being important. Yeah. These are complicated times. Complicated people. Complicated yeah. times. Also Tony calls Goya Goya. Yes. That was he pretty does. funny. He does. <laughs> um what else? What do you want? So there was a lot of like interesting visual stuff here. So mm-hmm. this is a Tim Van Patten directed episode. Yeah. Um, we have the the DP is um, our good friend, the Russian's assistant <laughs> bookkeeper. Yeah, we're so into that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a really there's a really great cut. Like it's like it comes quite. I wish I had jotted down what time it fell at, but. After the scene with Chris, Christopher and Tony, which maybe mm-hmm. we can talk about too, right? When Chris is like really incensed by this, that like Jackie Jr. tried to hit this, mm-hmm. like took a shot at him, hit Furio, whatever. Yeah. Um, and that Tony's not doing anything because of the relationship or seems to not be doing anything because of the scene with Jackie or because of the scenario with Jackie Sr. Yeah. Um, we have a cut to this like, time-lapse sky mm-hmm. right like which we don't see shots like that very often yeah. like it goes from being night to being morning mm-hmm. right and this time has passed and that's when then tony and sill and ralph well, i guess sill leaves but he's there in the beginning where they have the scene where tony and ralphie sit down together right um and are discussing kind of what's going to happen um i don't know it was just like it was like at a cut point in the episode that felt like it was this like resolution kind of time was coming i don't know um mm-hmm. there was something um like all this action had happened right like with um you know the the shoot i mean that was a really intense shootout right yeah all the action had already happened with um with gloria and like saying kill me kill me right we yeah. have these like really intense scenes and then we have this cut right and we have that whole scene and we could talk about that scene too um and then after that, it's really this, like, descent towards that scene with Melfi saying, like, sh- you know, you'll never leave her. She'll leave you. Right. Um, the scene where Patsy, you know, is comes to Gloria and takes her to threaten mm-hmm. her. Um, we have, like, the final scene with Tony and Carmela where she's reading the real estate book. And then at the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. So there is something there, like, I don't know, at least arc-wise, like it's showing us how we're kind of like trying to wrap things up in this season. Too. Yeah. Um, Interesting. Yeah. You, you missed my favorite part of the whole episode and oh. maybe actually visually one of my favorite moments of the entire show so far. No, I, I was going to I said we can talk about that too. <laughs> I was going to Well, just visually. Well, no, just because it's so close to the ones you were talking about. Yeah, no, when, no. Yeah, so when Ralphie and Tony yeah, are talking. Yeah, yeah, totally. But I just, I want to expand. I know, there's I like some, it so there's much. powerful scenes in that, in that sequence. Yes. <laughs> just visually. There's something that I just love so much. And I actually... Yeah. I don't think we've ever said this before, but like if you've watched the episode and you're listening, I actually highly recommend going back and finding this shot because it's like it's yeah, art. Yeah, it's so beautiful. And that's the point. It's supposed to yeah. be art. And the fact that there's that there's allusions and there's references to visual art in this episode is not a coincidence because no. there's a couple shots that I think are constructed like a painting. Yes. So around 50 minutes, you have Tony meeting with Ralph, and it's unbelievable because like just the sophistication of this show to have something that's such a powerful image visually that is like 
kind of a throwaway. It's like three or four seconds, three, three, but it's like yeah. a perfect shot that actually like communicates so much in this one thing. And it, it is like a painting and it's yeah. up to us to deconstruct it. Well, before it. that we see like it goes from Tony's face to Ralphie's face, Tony's face to Ralphie's, but then you're left at the end of it mm-hmm. and you see the two of them sitting across the table from each other. And this is the shot, yeah. They're framed and we all, we've talked about this before. Like when there's two characters like that, um, There's often something between in between them. them or behind them. Yeah. Or just something that is like a focal point yeah. of the composition. And so, so we we thought that might be two different things, you and I, when we were watching well, it. Well, yeah. So it's just, it's the shot. If things. you're looking for it, it is about at 50 minutes. And you have the like classic Italian-American like white, red, kind of like tablecloth. You know, in kind the of foreground. Like, yeah. yeah, probably taking up about like... I don't know, about uh, a quarter uh, of, yeah. the, of the whole shot. But what's what's amazing, so you have Tony and Ralph looking at each other. And for me, in between them, on the back of the wall, is like what looks like a fish to me. Mm-hmm. Or like at least in the shape of a fish. Almost like the like caricature of one, like a Jesus fish or something. Mm-hmm. But something on the wall, which as they're dealing with the death of Jackie um, and what Ralphie should do, I think is really interesting because there's just so much happening in that scene. Yeah. First of all, Tony is wrestling with his promise to Jackie Jr.'s father that totally. he would protect him. And the fact that he's kind of like loading this off onto Ralphie is a way that he can kind of kill two birds with one stone. He likely knows what will have to be done, what Ralphie has to do, but he's also protecting him by not being the one who actively chooses to kill him yeah. or orders to kill him. So and this, you see yeah. Ralphie doing that compliment contemplating yeah. this, right? You can see him actively, like, thinking about yeah. this. Yeah, and, and I think that that fish, like, there is a specter of death over that mm. meeting, and that's something that they have to deal with. You picked up on something yeah, amazing I, there, the, the cigar. Well, I just thought, like, I just, like, was staring at the yeah. shot because it was so beautiful, and the thing that my eyes were drawn towards was there's a cigar between him. It's Tony's cigar, um, and we've talked about, you know, when Tony smokes cigars, like, often... It's him in a position of of control or a moment of Um, feeling in control. But the cigar there is like pointing right towards Tony, the way it's laid in the in the ashtray. Um, And so I just I really saw that as like again like showing who's going to come out on top or like whose desires are going to be. For me, I feel like it's Tony manipulating successfully. Like he is in control, totally, and he is the one who's like dictating how this will all go. Even though he states that he's handing it off to Ralphie and it's his decision, yeah, he is actually a manipulator in this sense, and he's doing it effectively. He's fully in control. Yeah, and then just the acting too, like the positions that they're in in terms of body language. For me, it relates to Rodin actually at the beginning. Yeah, they both have their hands to their heads, like in this yeah, like and actually, thinker kind of pose. But interestingly, like, Tony is kind of staring down Ralphie, mm-hmm. and Ralphie is actually, like, in that, the like, thinker pose, like, down. in contemplation about what to do. Yeah. And then when he leaves, we actually have, and who knows if this is was actually there in New Jersey or they put it, because I think it's definitely intentional, the path sign with an arrow right outside right. as he leaves. And then Ralphie's kind of, like, struck in contemplation, and then he chooses to walk in the direction, and yeah. he follows the arrow for the path. And I think he is walking the path. He has no choice, but he has to walk the path that's set out for him as a member of the mob family. Yeah. He can't protect Jackie. And for me, in that moment, Jackie's Jackie's fate is kind of sealed. Yeah. Yeah. Just in terms of like the rep. And I think it's just it's all being kind of represented there. And yeah. we're all kind of just given a lot of foreshadowing. Yeah. No, absolutely. It's really, yeah, I, I really do. Like, actually, like, we should even try to get like a screen grab of it. It's so beautiful. Yeah. 
Um, we'll see if we can do that. <laughs> our, techno our technological savvy might be a little bit lacking. A little but. lacking. <laughs> It'll be like a cell phone picture of yeah. the screen. That'll be beautiful. Yeah. Um, yeah, and we'll then, see. So, and that ties into what Ralphie's doing at the very end of the episode when he goes to meet with Rosalie. And um, he's talking to her about what is happening to her son. Yeah. He's kind of like preparing her, talking about how he's involved in drugs, drugs yeah. but what's interesting there is there's another example of everything kind of being linked in this network all kind of being connected all at once at the end of this season because there's a lot of rings there which is totally. the first thing that we see we see Carmela's ring at the very beginning of the episode mm -hmm. and now we see as Ralphie is kind of consoling Rosalie we see actually a, a pretty wild shot well first of all we see Ralphie wearing a ring that actually yeah. is but, but then, like, it was for me, like, I, because then you see Gloria's hand around Ralphie's back, and I'm like, Gloria's hand around Ralphie's sorry. back. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> that would be weird. <laughs> oh my gosh, Rosalie. It's late. Sometimes we do these very late no, at we night. We always do these. We always very do late these very late at night, late at night and sometimes um, we mix up names. <laughs> Rosalie. Rosalie's yeah. hand. And I'm like, is she wearing a wedding ring? Yeah. And she is. It's like an engagement ring. I don't mm -hmm. think it's like a wedding right. band, right? Yeah. But. I was like, that's that reads as strange, right? It's on her left hand, but mm -hmm. she's in this other relationship. She's not engaged to Ralphie, as far as I know. No, I guess it's still to, you know, I think it's, it's to like still honor to Jackie. Jackie Singer. But yeah. her, you know, her with the ring, and that shot is like, it's it's very intentional. I mean, they spend a lot of time. It's almost like the equivalent of those extreme close-ups that we've yeah. talked about a lot, where there's something yeah. of importance, and it's typically on yeah, a character's it's a, face. It's as long as that beautiful shot we were talking about earlier. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just like her finger ring yeah. right in the middle of yeah. you know the frame. And then, but earlier, you know, we see Ralphie with this ring, and they're all kind of like set I up bet the you same the, way. I bet you the priest was wearing a ring. Probably. Well, he was. I think I a mean, lot of he people was eyeing yeah. Carmela's ring. Yeah. Right. Well, then that, that's the thing. It's like this is all made more relevant by the fact that Carmela's ring is such a focused on symbol in this episode yeah. so well, i mean there's a lot of connection yeah, there. and then you know directly following that scene i think with ralphie and rosalie um we go to the scene with tony and carmela in the kitchen where carmela's sitting at the table and she's reading this real estate book mm -hmm. right so and we'll talk maybe we'll talk about that in a sec but then she's not wearing her ring and tony comments on mm -hmm. it right i think she lies i don't think it's actually she says she's getting it sized because it was, it too, was too big, big. but that's like yeah. True and not true. <laughs> yeah. But she's like, so interestingly in this episode, right? Like we see a pretty big shift for Carmela. I mean, a huge shift for Carmela, yeah. I think, where, you know, she doesn't know who Gloria is, but Gloria, Gloria said these things to her about yeah. like at least, you know, not having to latch on to a man. Yeah. She's had these conversations about Hillary Clinton with the rest mm -hmm. of the ladies, like we were talking about earlier. And she suddenly is interested in doing something outside yeah. of just being a homemaker or whatever yeah. she, a homemaker. Um, must be a very nice home. It must be a very To drive a Benz. <laughs> yeah, it must be. Um, that she's taken off the ring and she is pursuing something that isn't, you know, bought for her mm -hmm. like the rings are, right? Like yeah. that she's trying to make something of herself apart from Tony. Yeah. There's no comment on it. All we see is the she doesn't say to Tony, like, hey, I'm going to try yeah. to get my real estate license. There's something interesting about the rings. I feel like the rings in some ways represent the shackles that all of these characters mm -hmm. have in terms of 
totally. their relationships. Like we have Carmela that, who's shackled. That's why I think it's interesting that Carmela takes hers off. Yeah. Yeah. It's fascinating. Absolutely. And especially in comparison to Rosalie and Ralphie. Yeah. Because I think Ralphie is shackled by his relationship to the mob and he's wearing the symbol of it. Yes. I think that Rosalie is shackled to her past relationship to Jackie Sr., which is also tying her and her son to the mob. And ultimately that connection has brought the downfall of her son, Jackie Jr. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, I I don't really have... I have, I have some things. So, okay. okay. I mean, we can go uh, more into detail for sure on Jackie Jr., I think. Yeah. I have quite a bit on that. Um, I mean, multiple things. Like, again, like, in the... You know, earlier on in the episode when he's, like, in the pizza place mm-hmm. and he he kind of like calls out his anger against these people that are, that are there and breaks all these glasses. For me, that was like yeah. visually a representation too of like how fragile a situation is. Yeah. And the collateral damage of like this person is building something for yeah. 20 years and he just like, he's just like, he's a whirlwind. He's out of control. He's totally out And of it's control. like, there are fragile things around him that are all being smashed by his like kind of like youthful yeah. exuberance and just like lack of... Yeah. Well, care. even when they're making that hit later on, like... He's like, okay, let's do it before the crank wears off. Yeah. Like he's a maniac. Yeah. <laughs> like he's a total like yeah. he's a total maniac. He has zero control. Yeah. We find we get that story too of um I mean he's getting the information from Ralphie about how his dad and Tony ripped ripped off yeah. Feech Lamana, who will be a character later on in series two. So that's like an interesting thing where yes. they introduce somebody who we, we won't see still for a while. Uh, the big thing for me that I want to talk about with Jackie that I thought was really interesting is this combo of Jackie and Dino. Yeah. Which it's actually very kind of similar to the relationship between Matt and Sean yeah. in season two. Even when they're watching that basic instinct scene, right? Exactly. Like, and it, it was, and, yeah. they, and he was like, don't touch me. Or it's like, like, get out of my Yeah, like, it's like that scene face, where yeah. Matt and Sean are smoking their bongs and Furio comes in and yeah. like emasculates them. Yeah. And for me, there's still, I think it's, proving the same point and actually linking Jackie to those characters. Like he needs to prove himself, but there is actually like, even though they're watching basic instinct and it's, you know, about Sharon Stone. Well, Well, it's not about Sharon Stone, but they're watching it for (laughs) Sharon Stone. It's a biopic. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't think they're watching it for that. But anyway, there's for me, something that's still kind of like homoerotic about them watching it together, being there similarly to the way that they portrayed Matt and Sean. And it's and the the acting and the the filming of that scene really does indicate that to you. Like they like linger a little too long. Yeah. Like. Yeah. And Jackie kind of like weirdly settles into his seat, like it is. Yeah, and they're like, both yeah. on a couch, like similar in a similar, yeah. even like in a similar way to Matt and Sean yeah. were in that point. And that actually, fascinatingly, is what drove those two, yeah, to want to whack like, Chris do this thing. because yeah. Furio emasculates them. And that I think is really key because I think Jackie he even talks about like Ralphie. I think he might be gay. Yeah, like he's trying to prove himself. He's yeah. trying to show his masculinity and his dominance. Yeah, and that's what gets these characters into trouble. Yeah. Like they're afraid of their image of being gay or something. And then they act out in this like extreme way. But in trying to prove their masculinity, they just end up killing themselves. Well, I love how it's kind of an aside in some ways, but I love how the doctor who they have on call to even like. Like prick doctor, like the uh, doctor prick, prick doctor. Um, no, he's like he's an erectile dysfunction doctor, right? And so it is that like man manhood, right. manliness, right? Like this is who they need in their life to fix their problems. Right. Is this guy who like deals right. with impotence and deals with 
Right. Um, yeah, like erectile That was really interesting, too. Like a lack too. of manliness. It's really interesting. That was fascinating because that doctor was playing in the executive game in a previous episode of Sopranos. Yeah. And I thought that there's a lot going on there. I feel like this is a point where, yeah, like this web is really just all kind of being connected. Yeah. But like, so not only is there a link to, you know, like what was happening there uh, with the game that they're robbing. But the fact that they focus on that doctor and he's, like, talking like a professional and then we kind of, like, zoom out and see that he's acting and that yeah. it's on a set. Yeah. Like, I, know. I feel like everybody's acting out this kind of, like, yeah. idea of what professionalism or masculinity it's is. There's like. something very, like, false about it. Yeah. Like, he's not – he's being a surgeon, but he's actually a prick doctor. Yeah. <laughs> as somebody called him. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I think Fear said this doctor's a prick. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, we have Matouche driving. Bad driver. Matouche, who uh, we saw at the Crazy Horse. We have all these, like, bit parts coming back. Yeah. Matouche, who got kicked out. And uh, keep an eye on him. Keep an eye on any on any Matouche scenes because he ends up being relevant to some things that happen he's later re- he's on. He's relevant. He's a bad getaway driver, though. It's too bad. Maybe, you know, things would have been different if he... Uh, didn't get away if he had stayed yeah maybe (laughs) um i just have some stray observations i have the tony and chris when when chris is challenging tony actually on his thoughts about jackie jr that painting i think we need to talk about that yeah that's behind them like a pretty stormy looking painting but it's interesting like there's definitely two entities on it yeah and they're kind of like confronting each other or something it's it's abstract but it's almost like behind the two characters and it's like these two amorphous clouds that are kind of like colliding yeah no it's definitely an interesting one and we know that like you know like i I, I think it's jackie jr or it's dino who comments earlier like chris is someone who isn't afraid to like say what he feels or something like that like they they value him for that right and he actually does stand out for that mm-hmm. um he does say when he thinks that things are not correct and he's actually and I think that drives yeah. him i mean like well whatever christopher's arc but like that drives him to a place that i think starting at this point actually changes really drastically hmm. Well, it's interesting because he's one of the few characters who will take on tony and that's what's talked about why tony is attracted to glory because she takes him on yeah yeah. I mean, very few people do it. Most people are kind of yes men around Tony. Yeah. No, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting. And that scene's really intense. The other thing I loved, which was just, I mean, very subtle, but the scene of, uh, this is completely unrelated, Carm <laughs> and Gloria in the car, mm-hmm. the like dialogue, the way it's written is Carm saying, this is very sweet of you. And the response to that is don't believe it. Mm. I forget why she's, it makes sense the yeah. way that she says, don't believe it, but it's like, is great like yeah. just like the way that they communicate actually no, she's sense. being she's very... like don't think that i'm just sweet she's like don't believe it well that's yeah. that is what she's saying but yeah. i think there's also like a double entendre like there's right. a way that it reflects like the conversation right. that makes sense but Gloria's actually being very forthright like she's actually like attacking karm but in this underhanded way that yeah. she's very good at no she's amazing at it mm-hmm. i have one more thing to say yeah. and it's a really important update mm. about a character who we don't see in this episode oh my god but Noah Tenenbaum has a 4.0, and he's moving to India with the UN. Are you happy? Are you happy for him? He sounds like the kind of guy who, after his second year of university, would go and do an internship with the UN. That's great. I mean, it sounds amazing. Yeah. Good good for Noah Tenenbaum. Yeah. 
<laughs> you sound sincerely happy for him. I'm I glad. Am. I'm glad for both of you. Yeah. <laughs> it's very good. Noah Tannenbaum. Wow. That's I didn't... all, though. That's yeah. all I have. Um... Yeah, well, we love the episode. It's an incredible season, and I can't believe how good the end of it is. The end of season three is some of the best yeah. television of all time, I yeah. think. So we really hope you're enjoying it as much as us. Yeah, and we'll see you for the season finale next time. Yeah, we'll see you next time. If you're enjoying the show, please rate and review. Helps people find the podcast. And we really appreciate it. And we'll see you next time.